And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Good morning and welcome to week one of our This Is Us series today. And um, I kind of feel like Jeremiah did in chapter 20 when he said that he had this fire that was shut up in his bones. It's this kind of moment as Andrea was talking about is as I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this where you've you've prayed and you've sought God you've even fasted for him to to speak to you and then in that process and in that journey when he does and he begins to to kind of reveal what that looks like is a really exciting thing and that's what today and over these next 12 weeks is all about it's a culmination of a season of praying and fasting And asking God one of the most significant questions in our 62-year history as a church, and that question is this, what's next for Evangel? What's next for Evangel? Before I begin to to unpack that, I want to welcome all of you that that are at home watching online. Uh, We want you to know that that we miss you. And uh, if you're at home and just trying to make sure and keep the family safe and continue to do so, um, we support your decision. But if you're home... Uh, because you've grown a little comfortable wearing the PJs and getting coffee whenever you want. We would love to see your face in this place. So um, uh, we'd love to have you come back whenever you can. Uh, I've learned this in my life that we is always better than me. And uh, I think what the enemy would try to do in a season of pandemic and what we're facing is to try to create isolation in our life. And uh, we've all experienced a lot of uh, social isolation, uh, but I think we've experienced even more so of spiritual isolation Have we began to kind of pull away. And so I really want to encourage all of us here and all of you that that are watching online. Uh, Don't do life alone, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Well, let's uh, jump into um, the word of the Lord today. But before we do, can we prepare our hearts with this prayer? About a month ago, we shared that we wanted to to pray this together just as a corporate prayer before we got into uh, God's word today. So if you would just repeat after me, Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you got your Bible or your smartphone, make your way to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And while you're doing that, I want to take just a moment and kind of set up um, what we're going to be talking about today. Here in Romans, Romans is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Rome. And and Paul kind of felt like he needed to help these believers in Rome better understand what they believed and how to apply those beliefs in their everyday lives. And so in the first 11 chapters of Romans, we find Paul really unloading a bunch of major theology, like a lot of the stuff that 
You and I believe in, in, um, uh, in Scripture and the way that we conduct our lives. A lot of that you'll find packed in those 11 chapters in Romans. Paul Paul kind of unpacks some, some answers to questions like what is the gospel and, and who needs the gospel and why is it important and what is salvation and what difference does salvation make in our lives. And he goes on and on. And then in chapter 12, he begins to make a shift. And in chapters 12 through 16, Paul begins to transition from kind of a theology-heavy um, topic into a practical topic of how do we apply this in our lives? How do we live out these beliefs? And so look with me in Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 2. He says this, he says, and so dear brothers and sisters, he says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable, that this is truly the way to worship him. And then in verse two, he says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Look at this, by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing. And I love this word, it is perfect. That it's perfect. You know, if I had to summarize these two verses into one statement, that statement would be this. That God desires our lives to be transformed so that our cities can be transformed. That God desires our lives to be transformed so our cities can be transformed. You know, oftentimes we look at on the flip side and we pray God transform our city, but God can't transform our city or our world until we ourselves are transformed. And I want to unpack this verse 1 and verse 2, and I want us to look a little closer at why Paul was so passionate about this idea of being transformed in our lives. He says in verse 1, and so dear brothers and sisters, he, he uses this word, I plead with you. He says, I plead with you. This word in the original language means to come alongside and to encourage or to strengthen. And I think what's interesting is if you look in extra biblical writings of those days that this word was actually used for commanders who would come alongside of their troops and encourage them before they would go into battle. And Paul is coming to all of these Christians in Rome through this letter, and he's saying, I, I plead with you. And he challenges them with this. He says, give your bodies to God. Give your bodies to God. And this, this word give means to place or present. And, and in the Old Testament, this word is often used to describe what the priests would do when they would come and bring a sacrifice to the altar. It's, it's this idea of us surrendering, of giving away. And, 
And why is God or Paul so interested in us living a life that way? He says right here in the next statement, because of all that he has done for you. Why do we choose to give our bodies to God? Because of all that he has done for us. I want you to take just a moment and I want you to I want you to think, because if you're anything like me, the further along I get in my journey with the Lord, the more hazy and foggy the things that he's done for me in the past become. And I want you to think for a moment of all that God has done for you in your life. Think about the moment that maybe he restored your marriage or relationship with Kids, think about the moment that he walked you through an addiction that was destroying relationships and in your family and with your friends. Think about the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and the significance that we often overlook about that moment that before we came to know Christ, that our life was on a pathway to destruction, that we were destined for hell for the rest of eternity. And Jesus steps in and he dies on a cross so that our sins can be forgiven, so that you and I could receive the free gift of eternal life with him. If there's not any other reason for us to give our bodies to him for all that he's done for us, it's that one reason that you and I, we sit here today or that you may be watching online on your couch and you're there today in your life because you've given it to Christ that you will spend eternity with him. I love one of the statements that Andrea has said for a long time in our home. She said that she wants to live the kind of life that is worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. She wants to live the kind of life that is worthy of that sacrifice And that's what I think of in this moment as Paul is trying to communicate to these believers and and he's communicating to us that that the point that he's trying to make is that that we need to live the kind of life that surrenders, that that gives away of ourself because of all that he has done for us. When you look at this word bodies in the original language in those days, they used this word as a way to describe every aspect of our being, the body, the soul, the spirit, the mind. And, and that's why one translation says it this way. It says, take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, you're walking around or in our culture, you're driving around your social media life and place it before God as an offering. And Paul encourages these believers and he encourages us today, he says, let them, meaning our bodies, be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. You know what I find interesting about a living sacrifice? Is that a living sacrifice has the opportunity to be able to crawl off the altar anytime. And think about our lives. Think about your life and how many of us have crawled off that altar 
Like how many of us have, have, have raised our hand or prayed a prayer and received this eternal gift from Jesus and then at some point along the way, maybe it's been because of difficulty in our life or challenges or circumstances and nobody's saying that those things weren't hard to go through, but what typically happens in our life is at some point we crawl off the altar we kind of go to doing our own life and what we want and we lose sight of the fact that Jesus didn't just die to save us from something, but he died to save us for something. And that for is to be a light in a dark world. That Jesus didn't die just so that we can punch our ticket and get, you know, a free trip to heaven. That Jesus died also so that we could take all of what he's done for us and that we could share it with a lost world. So that, that there would be other people that would go to heaven and experience eternal life because of our influence in their life. And Paul says, he says that this kind of sacrificial living, that it's truly the way that we worship God, that that's the way that we worship God, that it's not as much about us coming in on a Sunday and singing three songs, it's the way that we choose to live our lives, that the way you and I choose to live our lives every single day is our worship to God. And Paul says here in this next verse, he says in verse two, he says, don't copy. Another translation, or a lot of them says, uses the word conform. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. I love the Phillips translation, says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't allow your life to be influenced and impacted because of all of the customs of what the world is doing. In other words, what Paul is trying to say here is don't conform to the very thing that Jesus died to save you from. And he says, instead, let God transform you into a new person. Let God transform you into a new person. And it's that word transform that the Lord has really deposited into our heart and our spirit for what's next for evangel. That our entire vision and everything that we do in ministry is gonna be built on this word transformation because we believe that God desires our lives to be transformed so that our cities and our world can be transformed. For in the word transform in the original language is kind of interesting because in the English language, we get our word metamorphosis from this word. And so it's this, this process, right, that an ugly caterpillar goes through in order to become a beautiful butterfly. And the truth is, is that every day in our lives, we're either being conformed to the behaviors and the customs of the world, or we are being transformed into the men and the women that God has designed us to be. 
I remember in 1997, my life was headed down a really dark and dangerous path. For me, as a, as a, a 20-year-old, um, I was living life all for myself. I was on the path to addiction, to drugs and, and alcohol. Um, uh, for me, it felt like a, a beer or a cigarette was a sixth finger on my hand. It just, it just felt like it was a part of who I was. And then on January 15th, 1997, with 666 written across my forehead and my face painted like Marilyn Manson, which half of this room probably has no idea what this means, but um, it was kind of bad. At a middle school gym, at the middle of an induction, I had an encounter with God that would radically change my life. What's very interesting about the story in our own journey is that Andrea and I knew of each other, but we were not married, we were not dating. She was, was a follower of Christ, and she's like, I'm not gonna start dating people that, that are not followers of Christ and teenagers. That's something you should strongly think about, that it does no good to get yourself connected to people that are not followers of Christ, that don't have the same um, ideals, don't have the same morals, the same character as you desire to have in your life. And she was, she was at a revival service in town that had been going for eight weeks. And this Wednesday night, here I am with all of my fraternity brothers, uh, putting other uh, guys through induction. In other words, we were hazing the you-know-what out of them. And she's in a revival service across town, and the evangelist gets up in the middle of the service and does this right here. He says, the Lord has just spoken to me and he's getting ready to pour out his spirit on a group of young men on the Lee University campus. And that at this moment, we are supposed to stop everything that we're doing and begin to pray. And Andrea, being in that room, began to pray. And little did they know that across town, that I was one of the benefactors of a church that was willing to stop what they were doing, a church that was willing to break the mold and to step out of what a traditional service would look like and to do something that other people might even look at as being weird to intercede on the behalf of other people. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just showed up in the middle of that middle school gymnasium in such a powerful way that I remember pulling myself away from the circle I remember slipping out to a side bathroom and I remember, I remember going into the bathroom and it was dark and it was one of those old, you know, middle school um, or elementary school uh, bathroom gyms and so the mirror's all messed up and it's all old and grungy in there and I remember going in and, and I remember grabbing hold of the pedestal sink and looking in the mirror and just looking at my face and looking at the 666 across my forehead and just thinking of where my life had gotten to and what it has become. And, and at that moment, I was so overwhelmed by the grace of God that I began to wipe off the 666 off my forehead. And I accepted Jesus Christ, not in an altar of a church, but in a dirty, old, dark bathroom in a middle school. And God invaded my heart and began to transform 
my life. Friend, it was a moment that would be a catalyst for me that would ultimately change my family tree. It would change the destiny of my life, the destiny of my kid's life and their kid's life. My life didn't just transform in the moment, but it also entered a journey of transformation. A journey full of choices of will I say yes to God or will I say no to God? Will I choose myself or will I choose him? And it was choice, it was saying yes after yes after yes. And friend, I'm not perfect. There were plenty of no's along the way. There were plenty of, oh, I can't hear you, God. I'm hard of hearing. (laughs) There were plenty of those moments. But when it came down to it, The Lord would lay something on my heart despite whether or not I felt safe, despite whether or not it was in my comfort zone or not. I was willing to say yes. And it was one yes after another yes after another yes after another yes that became a process of transformation in my life. And church, God God wants that for our lives, but he wants it not just for our benefit, but he wants it for the benefit of all of these people in our community and in our neighborhoods and all across the world and in our nation that are lost and going to hell. Those that have some Americanized version of Christianity where maybe they raise their hand at one point, but their lives are so bound so bound to to sin and to addiction and they're not experiencing the freedom that comes through Christ. Church, God wants to walk us on a transformational journey in our life, a journey where we are progressively becoming freer and freer from sin and becoming more and more like Christ, a journey where we become different people with different values and different attitudes and different motivations and different thoughts and different ways of speaking and different behaviors. Friend, Paul is trying to, he's trying to tap into this with these Christians in Rome. And, and he tells them right here in verse two how this transformation takes place in our lives. He says, by changing the way that you think. The transformation begins by changing the way that you think because the truth is, is where our minds go, our heart follows. Where we allow our minds to go, our heart will follow and and look at what kind of impact that this kind of life that a transformed mind has in our life that Paul says that when we give our bodies to God in this way he says then then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and friend it's perfect Like, it don't matter what you think is perfect in your life, God's will for your life is perfect. It fits the exact um, uh, form and purpose and plans that he has created you for. If I were 20 years ago to step back and to look at what God has me doing now, it would have freaked my world out. Friend, I'm an introvert. 
on Red Bull this morning, but I'm an introvert. <laughs> and in college, I'd rather write a 20-page paper than give a two-minute presentation. The whole idea of getting up in front of people and talking just freaked my world out. But it was one yes after another yes after another yes, after another yes. And it was a progression of yeses in my life where God would stretch me a little bit and empower me and stretch me a little bit and empower me. And it was this journey that I went along with him of these yeses and this stretching and this, this empowering that God has began to push me in areas that I never saw in my life that I could do or live out. And friend, that's the reality for all of our lives. I think one of the biggest dangers of our life is for us to play it safe within our comfort zone because we never truly experience all of what God has designed us for when we play it safe. When we're willing to say yes to God, when we're willing to, to, to lay our life down, to give our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to God, what one translation says puts it this way, that God brings the best out of you. That God will bring the best out of you. Do you want God's best in your life? It doesn't happen within your comfort zone. God's best for your life happens within a mindset that says yes to God no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. Church, if you want to know what Evangel Church looks like moving forward, it's this word transformation. That God wants to transform our lives and he wants to transform our families' lives so that he can use us to transform our city, our nation, and our world. Church, I firmly believe that we will be known all across Tallahassee and around this world as a church that is committed to bringing the best out of you, bringing the best out of your kids and out of your grandkids and out of your great-grandkids. And that's why we have phrased our vision as we, our target for the future to exist, to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus, period. That we are going to commit ourselves and our resources, our strategies for ministry to help walk people through a transforming relationship with Jesus. And over the next four weeks, I'm going to begin to unpack what transformation looks like at Evangel. Before we do that, I want you to take a moment this morning. And I want you to gaze around at this room. And I want you to gaze around at the platform and the walls and the people that are sitting around you. If you've been here for a while, I want you to kind of imagine in your mind's eye the foyer. I want you to imagine the hallways. I want you to imagine the kids' area and the youth area. And then I want you to do me a huge honor by right there where you're sitting, just bowing your head and closing your eyes. And I want you to picture with me a church 
where lost people find life and hope through Christ. Picture with me a church where people have a genuine relationship with God and living for him is no longer an obligation but their heart's desire. A church so full of life that our building struggles to contain the growth. A church that pushes the boundaries of what has been done before and uses every available technology to reach and disciple people. Picture a church that celebrates and cherishes its diversity and race and age and economic background. Picture a church where the God-given potential of each person is realized and released for the glory of God. Can you see a church where people are experiencing freedom from their past rather than being haunted by it? Can you see a church where God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things? A church so caring and loving that people from all walks of life are drawn from impossible situations into a place of hope and purpose. A church who never stops pursuing lost people because God never stopped pursuing us. A church so kingdom-minded that they pay whatever the price to see revival sweep this land. A church where Jesus is famous and all the glory goes to God. Friend, can you see it? Can you see it? Friend, our church has 62 years of rich history, history of men and women who had a passion for God and a passion for this city and a passion to give of themselves to advance the purposes of God in Tallahassee and around the world. And now, as we step into year 63, it's our turn. It's our turn. And I think the question is, will you join Andrea and I in allowing your life to be transformed so that the world around us can be transformed too? Father, we thank you that, Lord, you are alive and active in our lives. Father, we thank you, God, that you have a plan and a purpose, not just for our life, but for our church. Father, we thank you for all of those that have gone before us at Evangel, all of those that have sacrificed, God, their time, their talent, their treasure. Lord, all of those that have weeped in this altar and weeped in the, the old sanctuary altar where the kids are today. But Lord, they weeped on their face, Lord, for a lost community. And God, today we stand on the threshold of what's next for our church. God, we believe that 
God, our future is greater than our past. It's not better, but Father, we're going to stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us, and we're going to answer the call. And we're going to stand up, and we're going to we're going to leverage our time and our talents and our treasure. God, so the very reason why Evangel started 62 years ago to reach lost people, that God, for the next 62 years, that we would make such a radical impact in our community, in our nation, in our world. The people, God, would experience a transformational moment Father, they would say yes to a transformational journey. Their lives would become freer and freer in you. Lord, I pray that in this moment, in this season, God, this would be the beginning of a season of ministry in the midst of one of the worst times in our, our country. Father, it'd be a season of ministry where light will shine in a dark place. A season of ministry where believers would come together and be unified in purpose and in mission. Father, this morning, we yield ourselves to your spirit. We give of our lives. Lord, we present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Why? Lord, because of all you've done for us. God, may others experience that freedom as well. In your precious name, amen. 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 You know, this morning as we conclude our service, there might be somebody out here today that you have never taken that first step in saying yes to a transforming relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, or maybe you find yourself so far away from Him, you can't even recognize yourself in the mirror. Can I tell you that Jesus loves you? The Father loves you. If that's you today, if you haven't accepted Christ or you find yourself so far away from Him that you want to say yes again this morning, we want to give you an opportunity. At the end of the service, our prayer team is going to be at the front and they would love to pray with you. But this morning, can we do this one more time, if you wouldn't mind bowing your head. And if there's anyone in this room today that you have found yourself so far away from God or you've never accepted Christ, would you lift your hand this morning? We would love to pray for you. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart and transform my life. I give you my life 
it's not mine anymore. I believe that you died. I believe that you were buried. And I believe you rose again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, can we just thank the Lord right now for those that accepted Christ this morning? If you lifted your hand today, our, our prayer team would love to pray with you. And if you online accepted the Lord today, we would love to hear from you. Please contact our church office, message us, and we would love to get in contact with you this week. Well, listen. We are so excited. I know Ryan talked about it last week, but we have some gifts for you guys today as you walk out the doors. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. And so first things first, you see these amazing transform t-shirts. So everyone gets a t-shirt today and it says evangel at the bottom of it. And we just want to bless you with that. But just a reminder that we want to be transformed and we want to share with other people the transforming relationship with Jesus. Jesus. So it's they are on the guest services and Gloria and the team are ready to hand those out to you so you guys can grab those on your way out. And also what we have is uh, Ryan put together a brochure of our vision. It's called This Is Us Transformation of our vision, our uh, some core values, some things that we believe as we're going through these next 12 weeks, you can look through this and just kind of see our heart and where we're leading and where we're going. We are so, so excited. Let's um, uh, stand together this morning. We're going to worship with one more song today before we're dismissed. But I just want to encourage you guys. We want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. Thank you so much. Um, if you give online, there's ways for you to give. There's boxes on the walls on the way you go back. And, and those of you online that you can, um, you see on your screen ways to give. We want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving giving. Are you ready? Are you ready to go out into this world and be a light in a very dark place? Are you ready to be the salt of the earth that we can give to people the truth of the love of Jesus to everyone we come in contact with? Let's worship the Lord today. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.